And now, for a podcast 20 years in the making. Shit, them boys is having the time of their lives. <laughs> it will be in your head for the next hour believe you sports, history, just pure randomness. Just talking? Well, what's the show about? It's about nothing. With your hosts, Robbie Nelson. A team that is known as the Bears. The Bears. And the Bulls. The Bulls. The Bulls. And Mike Chips. That guy's pretty good, if, if you like. 6'5", 230-pound quarterbacks, laser, rocket arm. Are you ready for Welcome to the Dog Pound? And we are back for Welcome to the Dog Pound. Um, been away for a while, it feels like, and uh, we were supposed to record earlier this weekend, like on Sunday, and then I pushed it back, and then yesterday... I'm an old man, and I had to get my back cracked, and then I had to watch my boy Trobinski play uh, for the Bears last night, so big win, though, so excited to be back, and I think this is going to be a fun episode, so once again, I am your host, the dog, Robbie Nelson, and of course, I have my main man, Mike Kidd. Say what's up, Mike. How's it going? And today, this is going to be not so sports-centric. And we're going to start out with a kind of special Kids Corner featuring something that I think Kit really enjoys um, in his off time that's not sports related. So, Mike, tell the good people what we're doing today. Yeah. So, you know, everybody enjoys a good reality TV show. So, um, you know, and I, and I enjoy Power Rankings. So I, I wanted to have me and Rob give you our top five power ranking for reality TV show. It could be dating related, could be just, you know, money, money driven, uh, reality TV. Um, it could just be, you know, real life events, you know, keeping up with the Kardashians. They're, they're, they're a group of family that just gets followed and people love watching them. I think they're on what they're like 15th year at this point. Yeah. It's something crazy like that. So, So just give give us an insight of uh, you know what we you know like to see in reality TV and you know go from there. Yeah. So why don't you start us out? Are we going five through one? Is yeah, that what we're gonna well, do? It? Might as well count down to the best. So oh, go ahead. Let's start number five, Mike. Go. So, so my number five is one that very few of you have probably ever heard of. Um, it was a show probably, I think it was in the late 90s to the early 2000s. It was only about five seasons. And it was called The Mole on ABC. <laughs> the Mole? The Mole. the hell is The Mole? So, basically, The Mole was a team of people working together to earn money. And then after every competition or every task they had to complete, they would take a test on who was actually the mole of the group. So there was one person that was designated at the beginning of the season that would try to sabotage their (laughs) events and not earn them money. 
So basically, whoever got the highest score of each test each week would keep moving on, and whoever get the lowest would realize then they would get eliminated. <laughs> so it was basically kind of a CIA, CIA training, you know, trying to figure out yeah. who was, you know, completing the, you know, the sabotage to the group. And then the winner would win the money that was pulled at the end. Interesting concept. So was there any, like, fun, fun memories from that show or, like, did they have a cool host? I really don't remember this show. Ahmad Rashad was the host for one season. I whoa, 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 our boy Ahmad Rashad. Yep, and also Anderson Cooper in in the early days was. How the also, hell did I do not remember this? It, I don't know. It was I on love like, Rashad. It was on like Sunday night. So interesting. Um, and they also did a celebrity mole for one of the seasons too. They had some. Who's that? Like I think Mary Lou Retton was on it, or. <laughs> It, it was a lot of C-less celebrities, but gotcha. it was a, I, you know, I really liked the show because it was it was very thought out kind of thought to, uh, you know, because the people in the the audience didn't know who the mole was until they revealed it at the end. You you have your yeah. own suspicions. So all right, okay, that's uh that's an interesting way to start this uh, conversation off. Well, I, one you probably never heard of. I I honestly haven't, and. That's crazy though. Those hosts that you you figured out to remember that. So, yep. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm not sure if you ever watched my number five, but it features a wrestling legend. Who this is before he had the big lawsuit with the sex tape when he was comparing his uh, his uh, you know member as his pickle is <laughs> that was Hulk Hogan when he beat Gawker. Um, for the sex tape thing. Anyway, there's a show on VH1 called Hogan Knows Best, and I absolutely love this show because, as people know, I love my wrestling legends, and who doesn't love the Hulkster? Come he, on, come on, brother. <laughs> he said that stuff a lot. He would say, you know, all of his other catchphrases. Um, he, he never. Followed, it followed around his whole family. Correct? Yeah. yeah. He ba- he basically wore a tank top all the time. Still wore his bandana like he did with his his very thin blonde hair. Um, it features his whole family, as well as one of my favorite guys from the Nasty Boys, Brian Knobs, who was a fat slob on this show. Um, and what was fun about it for me was, so his daughter Brooke was, you know, late teenager, kind of trying to start this music career. So she's, like, talking to guys and stuff, and he'd always, like, try to scheme a way to, like, <laughs> be the overprotective dad, and it was just, it was so ridiculous, and, God, I hated his wife. She was so annoying, and his son was terrible, too, and this is before he got in that car accident where he, like, killed a guy and all that, so. All I remember is, I can't think <laughs> what his wife looks like, but I just, it... What I picture in my mind is Beth from The Dog. Yeah, it's she is a somewhat skinnier version of Beth from Dog the Bounty Hunter, yeah. which that's on my list, but we'll get to that show oh, here in oh, a little bit. I forgot um, about that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, Linda Hogan. So what's funny about this is towards the end of the show, her and Hulk are having uh, problems with their marriage. She ends up leaving him to... Get 
date a guy that was like 19 that was the same age as Brooke. But it was it was her son's friend. Friend, right? Like, yeah, like high school friend. Friend. It was nuts. It was super weird. So, but nonetheless, the <laughs> the show was fun, and I just love watching Hulk hang out with his old wrestling buddies, and then him be the overprotective dad and yell brother a lot and never wear sleeves. So, and he was like. Stupid tan, like where it looked like leather all the time, too. So and just the antics they got into. Yeah, it was. I don't know. I just enjoyed it. VH1 had a a nice run of just trash reality shows. That while I was in college, it was must see TV. Must see TV. So what's uh what we got for number four here, Mike? Number four for me is is one that's still currently going on. I think if I remember <coughs> right, it's on. The History Channel, possibly. Um, and it actually has some Iowa ties. American Pickers. Um, it's been on for 19 seasons, roughly. You would like American Pickers. I do. <laughs> it's been on since, like, 2010 and had 19 seasons, which they, they put out a lot of small episode seasons. But basically, Mike and Frank travel around the country you know, purchasing antiques to resell in their their business in a small town in eastern Iowa. Uh, you know, at that point, it's something where I, what I really like about it is the people they meet, you know, different parts of the country, and they also get a history lesson while they're out there. Like I do enjoy know, that part, I guess. Know, a lot of the... The antiques have a, you know, a history lesson behind them or the people that owned them, you know, where they came from. You know, it's it's just a, you know, a great way to, you know, see different things out there and, you know, how these collectors can really, you know, rebrand something and, and resell it and, and get it out to, you know, people that want to collect these things. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's a cool concept. I I get it, and the history part of it's cool, and it's, it's got Iowa ties. So, I I used to watch a lot of that show. So, so it's still on. I it figured it got canceled on. or something. Nope, it's still going. Wow. All right. Well, number four for me is one you literally just mentioned, Dog the Bounty Hunter. I was well, a his name's Dog. My name's Dog. So I love that. And uh, this was on the kind of the meat of the show is when I was in college. And I just I couldn't get enough of him and his long hair uh, with his sunglasses and acting like a badass to try to get these these (laughs) beads. Oh, his uh, Hawaiian beads um, trying to get these people that skipped on their bond uh, because he's a uh, bail bondsman and. Beth, his wife, had the biggest yabos known to man. Like, I don't know how she moved around. And then she, if he, drove, she usually just drove the car. <laughs> yeah, she just drove the car. And then his son, uh, two of his sons, and then I believe his daughter. Um, and just <laughs> watching him try to tackle these people. And then the best part is, like, he's... Them just interviewing people, yeah, too, to find out. Try, trying to find out where these people that they're looking for are. And the, my favorite part of every episode was he's, like, yelling at this guy, saying how much of his, a piece of shit he is and all this. Then when they get, get, <laughs> they get to the, to the bail, bail bondsman or whatever, uh, he sits down and has a cigarette with him. He's just like, man, I'm just, I just want the best for you. After he just 
berated this guy the whole episode, basically after, punched him in the face. After he got all his money back, basically. Uh, after he got all his money and shot the guy in the face with bear mace. Uh, <laughs> it was just always so enjoyable. Plus, I had a catchy theme song. Um, the Ozzy Osbourne, I am the dog, the big bad dog. Bounty hunter. And Ozzy did that. Ozzy did that. And South Park made fun of this uh, on one of the greatest episodes they ever had, where um, the uh, is it Stan's little brother or Kyle? No, Kyle's little brother is having sex with the teacher, and Cartman is the hall monitor, and he dresses up as Dog the Bounty Hunter and has his own crew. And the the Beth character has. Uh, tits so big that you can't see her face. All you see is her forehead. <laughs> so I just I got a lot of enjoyment out of that show, and uh, as a fellow dog, I can I can appreciate the name. So, oh man, <laughs> that's like what year would have that started roughly? Like two thousand five. Uh, I'm gonna have to look it up. I want to say oh six. I was gonna say it because it, it was when I was in college. Um, I remember watching it. All right, it started actually in oh four. Wow. So it was like right when we started college, but yeah, it went for like seven or eight seasons. I mean, it went for a while, but God, oh man, I loved this so much. Beth, Bear Mace, Bear Mace, that guy, I can't even say it. Oh, okay. Awesome. So our third one, I'm going to start out here with, um, is probably more of a, a family-hearted one, um, which is on CBS. And basically, it is a group of people racing around the world in pairs, meeting checkpoints to see oh, yeah. who can finally be the win the ultimate race, which is called the ultimate race. Um, but no, no, no. What's the it amazing called? race? There I'm you sorry. go. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. It was. It is the ultimate race. It is but it's called the amazing race. race. Yes. So. You know, it's really just traveling around the world, completing checkpoints. You know, you know, me, it's the opportunity to see all the different cultures that are out there, um, you know, right from your living room. You know, it's had 31 seasons and started in 2001. Um, to me, it's just, you know, it's amazing, you know, just to see the you know, the competition in people, but yet also just to see the divide, the the diversity of cultures in going different places and, you know, even the camera just can justify it for you. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it is kind of fun to watch them compete in those challenges and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I never got super into it cause the reality shows I watch are obviously trash, which you'll see in my power rankings here, but Ultimately, for me, like it did help when it was on Sunday nights. Yeah. Now it's no longer on Sunday nights, so I don't catch it because you know Sunday nights kind of that unwind TV kind of. Yeah, you just sit in front of the TV and you, uh, you know, just watch whatever. Yeah. So. so then and you're not an NFL guy, so I mean that's what you'd be going into anyway. See, I'd watch that, and then I could still catch the second half of, of an yeah, NFL so game that game if I or wanted to. Yeah. So that, that was no problem to me. I don't need to watch the first half. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, mine, is, my number three is actually from your favorite channel, MTV, and it's not what you think. It's the show Catfish. So 
Did you see the original movie before that happened? I did not see the original movie, but what actually got me into the show, and I caught up on like old episodes, is after the Manti Teo story of his fake girlfriend dying of cancer, and it turned out it was this dude pretending to be a chick. So I got super into this show, and it was so damn funny because it would always be this guy who has this you know, dime of a chick talking to him on the internet, doesn't want to meet. He's like, oh, she totally loves me, blah, blah, blah. And then they finally get to meet. It's either A, another dude, B, not even a person, or C, some fat chick. And it was always funny, and they're always super disappointed. And, I mean, that makes me sound probably like a horrible person that was really enjoying that, but it was so funny. But how many times in that show did you actually see somebody meet the person that they were supposed to meet? Maybe once or twice? No, like, you mean it was actually who it says it was? Yeah. It was probably like two, maybe three times. Yeah. But I would say, though, the thing that happened the most is they would tell them they're meeting somewhere, and they just gave them a random address, and it was the person's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Or, like I said, it's another dude just messing with them or something. <laughs> so, just, you know, to bring it back to sports, which we talk a lot, a lot, or talk about a lot is that Manta Teo story was fascinating. So he has this whole season where he dedicated to this chick that he, that was his girlfriend that died of cancer. And then, like, right before the national t- title game, this stuff starts coming out about this person's not real, you know. And oh, I was totally, like, into that whole story. And I had actually never heard of catfishing until then. And people were talking about it, obviously, with that story. I'm like, and then I heard about the show because it was right around that time. And I never did watch the movie because it was the same guy, right? Yeah. So basically, like, Neve, like, fell in love with somebody. Yeah, it happened to him, right? Yep. Yeah. And finally, like, it just, everything started to click to him that, like, him and his buddy, that they were no longer... Like, the person that they were talking to, like, was getting all of her stuff from somebody yeah. else. And, you know, I actually have it on DVD. I should give it to you to watch. Yeah, actually. I, uh, I would actually enjoy that. So, um, okay, we're to our top two. Now, this is definitely where I get into the MTV portion of mine. And Rob's going to know what these are. Oh, yeah. My first two. First one. <laughs> no doubt. Is is a show no longer on. It's really the pinnacle or the the premiere of reality TV on MTV or oh, yeah. anywhere yeah. besides game shows or anything like that. Um, it's the Real World. Twenty five years. It went from nineteen ninety two to to two thousand seven with thirty three seasons. Lasted thirty three seasons, um, and it was basically you know seven strangers picked to live in a house. Uh, have their lives taped to find out what happens when the stop, people stop being polite and start getting real, which is actually the tagline for the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but to me, it was, it was you know, some of these shows are half-staged anymore on what they show on it. Oh, um, yeah, it's it's all scripted. I yeah, mean, or even, it's reality and name or, only. You know, they tell them, you go here and just see what happens there. Yeah, actually, they're set, they set up storylines. It's not... Like full on reality, like I think when the real world started, started to jump in. But like, I think when it started, it was actually true. <laughs> them just being filmed, being themselves, you know, yeah. and 
And, yeah. and they would literally just pick people that would, co- you know, conflict against each yeah. other. And they're like, you know what? We're going to see what happens. Yeah. And It made great TV. It did. It's yeah. the first drama of TV for reality stuff. And it, it made the industry what it is today. I mean, I, I think it's awesome that you bring this show up specifically because it really set the tone for what we see in TV today. Because honestly... Think about TV. You basically have this small section of scripted TV. Then you have this huge section of reality TV now. Every channel has a reality show. Yep. Back then, it didn't exist. Yep. So, so like, this was the pioneer of, it's fascinating, you know? of reality TV. And it's just, you know, the dra- it was pure drama without being stage drama, which is great. And, you know, it's basically the mainstream start of reality TV as we know it today. Yeah, absolutely, and um, I know we used to always joke about how fun it would have been to have either like our high school group just be filmed all the stupid at, crap we at did, all the time we did, or even in college, you know, some of my bros and you know living in a house and <laughs> just it would have made it entertaining TV. So um, just the antics would be good. Yeah, absolutely, and I and you get that you know from the real world, which is. Uh, which is really cool. So, and it made uh, like on the Chappelle show when they made fun of it. That was probably one of their best sketches of all time. Is when they made fun of the real world. So, okay. So for me, I would be remiss if I didn't mention a show that's involved in the Bachelor pair, uh, franchise because uh, when I started dating Stacia a few years ago, um, she made me start watching this crap. And it's like this. You're admitting it's crap. Yeah. No, I mean it, it. It is crap. Like it's so scripted and everything. But I got super into it because she's making me watch it every Monday. So, The Bachelor itself, I don't really like. Bachelorette is actually kind of fun. Um, and I make nicknames for dudes and stuff. But the best one by far is Bachelor in Paradise. It takes all the best parts of each of those shows. And puts them in Mexico to get hammered and hook up with each other. And they set up, like, where they start, like, oh, they have a strong relationship. Then they bring a new person in, and that person always crushes that relationship that they just talked about. And it's so damn funny. And to watch, like, the the drama unfold is, like, one of our favorite parts of late summer, early fall. And... Like, there usually isn't, like, a lot of proposals at the end. You know, it's not like Bachelor or Bachelorette where the people are going to get married even though they always break up. But <laughs> it's just it's kind of fun to see it unfold. And uh, we get some of our better quotes and some of our better characters. Like, this past season we had Jordan, and some of his analogies were so asinine, but they're so fun. So... Shout out to Stacia because she makes me watch this stuff, and I felt I fell in love with no not only her but this show. So so ultimately, with The Bachelor in Paradise, because The Bachelor is like basically like twenty to twenty five men or women. Thirty. Thirty. They start out with thirty to one person, person. right? Yeah. And this now, is multiple couples. This is multiple, so it's like eight and eight or yeah. ten and ten. What is? I think. Th- I think they start out with, it's like 10 and 10, and then they whittle down, but then they start adding people, whether it's a random guy or a random girl, depending on the week, just 
and it's usually somebody that's like controversial or they know is going to try to like mess up somebody's relationship. And it's, I mean, it's super scripted, but it's so fun. Oh, so <laughs> I, I know I'm probably going to get my man card taken away for saying that, but I, I love it. So. I mean, that would be better because you at least aren't following just one man or one woman around with all these different relationships. It's no, you get to watch multiple, which, which makes it kind of fun. I mean, it's, and they're all in the same place. And especially if some of them get kind of drunk, and then it's really funny. Is there more more fighting or less fighting in these kind of episodes? That's that's a good question because on especially the Bachelorette, there's always a fight because it's a bunch of bros puffing out their chest and they want to be the man, and they're stealing this person. In the Bachelor, there's a lot of chick fights too. So. Oh man, but, I don't. I don't know. I would. I would. Is there I, less than in like Bachelor in Paradise though? There's less. There's okay. less fights. Less drama. Huh? Yeah. I mean, really, the only drama ends up being either the first like one or two episodes when people are trying to figure out who they're going to hook up with, or when one of these random people that come in actually do something. So, but I enjoy the hell out of it. So interesting. Okay, and my top power ranking. Number one in the power rankings for me is going to be basically a spinoff of the real world. It's going to be the challenge. The <laughs> real world, world rules challenge. Shout now, out to Brune. Yep, Brune, who basically no longer watches it because he, he's got a family now. And <laughs> and he, he doesn't have time to, for that. Decided to move on to greener pastures. But, <laughs> you know, me being the single guy, I'm still watching real world, world rules. It's on every Tuesday night, and there's another episode tonight. So, uh, do you watch that live, or do you watch the DVR version? I still watch it live. Oh, you don't want to miss anything. Exactly. Do you get on Twitter afterwards and see the the like chatter about it? it, it yeah, depends. you do. You do. It depends. Don't, don't lie to me. It depends what happened in the episode. <laughs> if it was a shocking episode. Oh yeah, I you're get all on Twitter. Over. Yes, exactly. To find the backlash. Um, but basically, this just took people from. Uh, real world, road rules. Now they dipped into some other MTV shows like, you know, Are You the One? Uh, they have a couple Big Brother people on there. They've really dipped into some different people now. But basically, so uh, uh, sorry to interrupt. So they they actually bring people from all these random shows now. Yeah, I've I've personally never really watched it, so I don't it's, know. It's because they no longer have the real world to dip from. So they've had to go to, like, other MTV shows to get some people for, like, new, fresh blood on it because, you know, most of their most of their people are getting into their 40s that were on, like, the original real world. Yeah, that's true. So, so. they're getting older, so they have to get... And plus, they've had some episodes where they've just brought fresh meat on and they actually called it fresh meat. But basically, I'm going to go back here to... Um, it's basically a show that each week somebody gets eliminated from um, based on their athletic ability because they have challenges. Well, there is some mental challenges they have while two or eating challenges, but uh, basically they just perform in challenges against each other and the worst uh, get sent into some form of elimination and then, then those two teams face off. Uh, it could be teams. It could be single individual people. Um, they just—they've really kind of spiced it up every yeah. year to have a little bit of different things. Um, to go back, uh, 
I know Brood and I, there used to be on the ESPN Grantland, uh, used to have the, yeah. this, their subcategory website of Grantland. Yeah, um, it's basically the ringer now, but yeah. it was on ESPN at the time. Yep. And Bill Simmons used to write some articles about the challenge, calling it the fifth greatest major sport in America was the challenge. Cause oh, yeah. To him, that's still one of his favorite shows. That <laughs> it's must-see TV for him every week. Yeah, and you guys were also involved in fantasy. Yeah, me and Brood did a <laughs> fantasy uh, challenge one year where we got certain <laughs> points on you know, who would survive the longest, who would be up for it was, elimination. It was fascinating to follow in our friend group, so yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It, it was probably the last year that Brune watched the challenge, too. Yeah, so. well, that's because he was emotionally invested then. So yep. Maybe we have to start that back up so I can get him emotionally <laughs> get, invested again. Get him to watch. and He'll, he'll just catch up on uh, in the morning when he's uh, catching up on shows and stuff. Yeah, maybe I'll just start doing a podcast recap for him so he can listen to that. <laughs> he, yeah, he can just listen every, to that. Every Wednesday morning after the show. Hey, if the, if the people want it, we can do it. I mean, we're we're trying to grow the brand, the, the Dog Pound brand. So, well, Welcome to the challenge, Dog Pound. That would be... Hey, I'm all for it, Mike. Anything for the people. So, okay. My number one is easy. I, I, it's the greatest of all time. I don't know where this is going to go exactly. I think also, I, also featured on MTV. You, you know... Cabs are here. Oh, yeah. Jersey Shore. There's no other question that's number one greatest of all time. Specifically, season one. You know, before... The original. Yeah, when the situation was being the situation, and before all the Sammy and Ron drama, and Vinny was being the man, and Pauly D. Oh, my God. And, like, it was still good in later seasons, but, oh... Peak situation is my favorite. So now he's like sober and all this stuff. It's not fun anymore. You did so, a lot of GTL back. Oh, GTL, too. yelling cabs are here. T-shirt time. You know stuff like that. So they they originally worked in a t-shirt shop, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then then after worked is a, a loose uh, loose uh, verb for that. So well, that's true. But <laughs> they. Definitely after a few years, they were no longer working for how much money that show was making them. Yeah, but I mean, so to draw this out, so the first season they're in the Jersey Shore, they actually went to Miami season two. Season three, they actually went to Italy. Still fun, but not as cool. Then they went back to the shore for the next couple, and it was still kind of fun, but like, like I said, you know... It was mostly just Ron and Sammy drama, which was not fun. But I could watch Vinny and Pauly D grow out all day long. So Doesn't it seem like Ronnie's in a lot of drama anymore? Yeah, well, they just general. did the family vacation, this, like, reunion thing. So that's what I was talking about. Like, the situation's, like, sober, so you can't do anything now. And everybody's, like, a parent. Pauly D was still being the man. But, yeah, Ron was still in drama, and he, he has a... He has a kid on the way, or he did. Baby mama. Yeah, and I just, he was being a mess, and Sammy wasn't even there, and he still sucks, so. Uh, but, oh, man. He was always the worst out of that group. Like, Besides Jersey Shore, like, season one, I could watch that right now and enjoy it just as much as I did back in 2009 or whatever it was, so. Oh, man, so many quotes. 
Uh, Paul E.D. is the man. It just, <laughs> I enjoyed the hell out of it. But I actually wanted to bring up, Mike, could we do just like a quick recap of honorable mentions? Because sure. I I written it a lot down. So a new one on the block that I feel like we have to mention because it features my QB, very cavalry with Jay Cutler, who was born to be a reality star. Between and he doesn't even know he's a reality. Oh man! It, between him just berating like uh, Kristen's employees when he goes to check on them, which was awesome. Him watching deer cams randomly. Uh, him having a gay best friend. I would have never seen that coming. I didn't know that either. Oh, you need to watch that episode. It's great. Uh, and just his, I don't give a shit attitude. Like that was horrible as a quarterback. Is so perfect for reality TV. It's like every time, like, uh, Kristen brings up something about, you know, doing this, doing that, Chase, like, whatever, I don't care. It is so great. Like, yeah, so I had that one listed. Another one that Station makes me watch that I've gotten super into is Vanderpump Rules with Lisa Vanderpump and then all of her crew that works at uh, her. Restaurant, I can't remember what the hell it's called, but they got a bunch of trash people. They get they get drunk, do stupid stuff. It's kind of fun. Is this like a famous family or something? Lisa Vanderpump is famous. Um, she's like, I don't know, a big businesswoman out in L.A. and all this other stuff. They're basically TV famous. It's kind of like the Kardashians, which I will not watch. Screw that show. Um, one more that I really wanted to mention, and it barely missed a cut for the top five. Surreal Life that was on VH1. And it had the celebrities in the house. And it had guys like our boy Jose Canseco, uh, uh, Joey Joey from uh, Full House, uh, oh. whatever, his, Dave Coulier is yep. his name, um, Flavor Flav, uh, guys like that. Was that the one with Vern Troyer? That's what I was going to bring up. Oh, so, okay. Very first episode of season, it was either three or four, I can't remember, I have to look it up. So when they meet in the house, they all like <clears throat> get together and like hang out. Well, usually they drink. Well, Vern, a.k.a. Mini-Me, gets absolutely obliterated and takes his clothes off and then goes in the corner in peace and then turns around and makes all these weird noises while he's butt-ass naked. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Was that when he had his little uh, his rascal cart and he had fallen off it drunk, too? Yeah. 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 Same episode. It was that. all-time episode. So they had multiple seasons. There was... Uh, Vern Troyer wasn't on the same year that Jose Canseco was. That was a good season too, but it was just—it was basically kind of like my Bachelor in Paradise concept, but with actual washed-up celebrities living in the same house. So it was just kind of fun. Yeah, and a couple of my honorable mentions uh, would probably go back to the MTV, uh, probably our high school years, watching them in the afternoon. Uh, remember the show like Next. Oh, yeah, they would, next. They would, they would ride the bus, like, five potential dates, and then, like... That was an awesome the show. And, and then they would be, like, get through the date, Did, and they'd yeah. earn money, and they'd say next. And or the best is when they'd get off the bus, and they already say next. They'd be like, next, and they'd get $1. <laughs> uh, that show. Uh, that show was great, man. Yep. Do you yeah. remember uh, Room Raiders? Room Raiders. Room Raiders was one where they basically had like three rooms they would get to go to and they wouldn't see the person but they would just get a to 
ask him on a second date by just what was in their room. No, I don't remember that one. Uh, yeah, that was another MTV one. Um, you know, there's a few other ones that, you know, I could think of. Like, A&E had one, uh, Storage Wars. You, you know, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was... Where they would go through uh, lockers that, that weren't paid for. And they, they would auction, auction it off, right? Yep. Yeah. And I always thought that was a cool concept because, like, you never know what you're going to find. I mean, probably 95% of the time you just find junk, but yep. you might find something cool. So. Yep, that's what some of them was. And, and there was one more... Uh, I got into this show and watched it for a while, too, because it does have a history aspect, but it is garbage TV, uh, was Pawn Stars. Oh, yeah. Where they'd bring in stuff to pawn and well, then have uh, some historical. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the old guy, R.I.P., he just passed away recently. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But I enjoyed that show, too, because it's like these people would walk in and they, they think, oh, yeah, I'm going to totally get this price. And the guy's like, <laughs> I'm not paying that. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, too. It was, a, it was just a really good show because it had some <clears throat> historical, because if they'd bring in guns from, like, the World War and stuff, it would be, you know, really fun at that. Yeah, they had awesome stuff on there. Yeah. And I think another cool one is, uh, what was the show that they, uh, Mythbusters. Yep. I figured you'd love that show. I did like Mythbusters. Yeah. It basically... Just the scientific evidence. On, yeah, you know, like testing out the stuff. Proof on things. Yeah, yep. yeah. I always enjoy that one, too. Yep. Well, um, about ready to wrap up Kit's Corner here, but I did want to throw some Kit facts at you. So here we go. I did have some information to follow up from our Kit fact from a couple weeks ago. And the reason the raisin floats up and down... Oh, and the champagne, and the champagne uh, bubbly, yeah. Yes, to follow up on that is is because the champagne has bubbles going, you know, up through the champagne and releasing yeah. its CO2, they actually get attached to the wrinkles in the raisin and it'll take it to the top and then once it hits the top, those It flips over? Well, the bubbles will pop or flip over, and then it'll sink back to the bottom. Ah. So it's actually the bubbles that make the raisin go up and down in a fresh glass of champagne. So I wonder if you could use anything, that like a craisin or any type of dried fruit that might have the wrinkles on it. Yeah, and it probably, it probably also depends on some buoyancy, too. Yeah. Like, if it's enough to raise it or not. You know who could do this? Mythbusters. This is true. We need to call them. <laughs> we need to call them and ask them, yeah, so... Now to go to my actual kit fact for the week for you. Did you know that Captain Morgan was an actual person? Captain Morgan of the room. Yes. He was actually based off of a person named Captain Morgan. Actual Captain no. He was a Welsh pirate that was later named Lieutenant Governor of Jamaica from, from Wales. All right. So... That's probably why they love rum so much down there, huh? Yep. Interesting. So, uh, I, that's not ringing a bell. I, I feel like that's something I should have known. But this isn't your Johnny Appleseed <coughs> debate like oh. you had in high school. I, I don't... Captain Morgan was a real person. Johnny Appleseed, I don't... Sorry, Mr. Casey, but I don't think Johnny Appleseed was a real person, regardless if it was actually based on a real person. Just the name wasn't Johnny Appleson. That's what I was saying. And you guys got your panties all in a wad. 
And Mr. Case is like, well, actually, yeah. He, he proved you wrong. He, he didn't prove me wrong. I was right. I was half Just right. Just because he wasn't I was half right. Appleseed, there was a person that actually did what Johnny Appleseed did. Yeah, but that wasn't his name. So, a.k.a. Johnny Appleseed's not real. You all right? You guys were saying that Johnny Appleseed was a real person. I'm saying I was, I was saying, saying that Johnny Appleseed was not. And yes, it is based on a person that followed kind of the Johnny Appleseed thing, but still a fictional character, right? So we're, so we're both fifty fifty, <clears throat> right? Right? Yeah, I I think we're both half right. Okay. And I know that people will say I'm wrong. But I'm still taking a fifty percent win on that. Sorry, Mr. Casey. I know you, you're not listening to this, but uh, yeah, you'd probably tell me I'm wrong. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So <clears throat> we are gonna wrap up uh, Kit's Corner here, but we're actually gonna come back and just have a short discussion from a uh, a tweet that my older brother, or my older brother Justin, actually sent me that we're gonna discuss. So. We will be back to discuss that on Welcome to the Dog Pound. Who? Alright, we are back from our little break that we took there to talk about a, a quick... Um, Twitter question that my big brother Justin, what's up Nelly, um, sent to me. Um, that's a football question that he thought that would be kind of cool to have on the podcast uh, for Kit and I to discuss. So the question is imagine if tomorrow all football leagues, so this would include high school, college, and the NFL, said you can now have six eligible receivers you still have 11 players total a team could replace a tackle with an extra tight end slash h-back or like a wing back like just off the line scrimmage or go five wide plus a running back or even six wide or just still keep a fifth lineman what do you think good or a bad idea kit why don't you go first now would you so but that tackle would be eligible correct yeah so, so you have six eligible receivers regardless of where they're lined up. So, you know, to me, it's one of those things where it's pretty simple where you have – you just have your quarterback that takes away that 11th guy to make 10, and then you split up the other positions. So you have five eligible receivers and five non-eligible receivers. Um, yeah, it's typical, you know, your offensive lineman versus your receiver group. So – you know, the old way is pretty simple to think about. Now, I also would say that the game is pretty offensive as it is already. Especially you know? at the NFL level. Yep. Yeah. I mean, take, taking and adding that extra person, you're going to see a lot more. A lot. Would you see a lot less pass rush or a lot more pass rush at that point? Well, I would say... <clears throat> Especially at the lower levels, you're getting another speed guy. If you get the ball out quick, you could set up screens, you know, wide receiver bubble screens, whatever. Or, 
let's say you have um, the extra like tight end. Yep. So you could have him chip tight end slash tackle like yeah good enough to block yeah. But I mean, if you needed to dump it off, you could. I mean, I I think it's a great idea because imagine like the end of the game, somebody like Aaron Rodgers, he has another receiver. Even if, even if you have like a good pass rush, he he can get out of that and dump it off and get you yards. Like in a two minute drill, having six like eligible receivers wouldn't even be fair. I don't think because I mean, how many pass rushers, regardless of level, well probably high school, but let's just say what's this NFL conversation here? How many pass rushers are really able to take advantage of that, so to speak? I mean, yeah, there's probably a handful, like, <clears throat> I wouldn't try that against, but I don't know, you know? To me, to me, the game is already <clears throat> too offensive as it is. Yeah. So, I'm just one of those, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple, you know, how to keep it just the way it is. But, you know, think, you know, all the rules have adapted to, you know, no contact five yards down the field, no helmet-to-helmet contact. To you know, offensive players. So you're you're saying this is would help the offense even more. Yes. So I think you would end up getting into games where, you know, it's forty five to forty two a lot more often because you're you're sending more offensive. You know, it's the offensive teams are going to adapt to it a lot better. The teams that rely on their defense to help them win games is going to hurt. You know, possibly hurt them. But yeah. Then to me is is. If you put another receiver out there, is that going to hurt your offense because you're going to have a more of a jumbled mess out there? I think it depends. I, I mean, mean, it could go both ways. Like to me, I like it the way it is. You stick to your your the same amount of blockers as you have your receive possible eligible receivers out there, and you just have your one quarterback that you know can pick apart you know the defense. So. You know, I I'm, I'm I would say I'm definitely pro just sticking the way it is at that point. It's an interesting concept, you know, no doubt about it. But you know what? You know why why make the game more offensive as it is, especially in college football? Because you throw you know a sixth receiver in there. Some of these teams, you know, are already scoring 70, 80 points a game. <coughs> you know, if they have that extra receiver, are they going to score ninety, a hundred? Well, don't you think that defenses will adapt? I agree. They'll adapt over time, but... Like, let's say in the NFL, for instance. Yeah, you have the 3-4 defense, but would they run, like college does, a 3-3-5? Yeah. You know, because you're taking away one less blocker, but you can cover more if you have an extra linebacker or, you know, whoever it is, instead of having, you know four rushers, so to speak, because that's regardless if you're in 3-4 or 4-3, you're going to have four rushers if you're not blitzing, right? Yeah, and and ultimately, are you just going to see nothing but dime packages at that point? Potentially, yeah. Or, but, or I mean, are you going to see two down, two linemen fronts, like literally just to but, stop I mean, the run and this, let the outside linebackers take... Yeah, but the, you know, this is not taken point. away... This is just giving you the option. I mean, you could still go to power football if you wanted. This is true. Right? Yeah. Like, and you could even still have two tight ends, one's technically a tackle, yep. and then 
if you need to, you could do basically like a run pass option out of it. Have him just run like a flat route and dump it to him, you know. But I, I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, it it would change football as we know it. I mean, that's why it's an interesting question. Yeah, but it's it's a very very interesting concept to think about. But especially like seeing guys that excel on playmaking, you know, like an Aaron Rodgers, I'd be fascinated to watch if he had an yeah. extra receiver. I mean, I don't know. It, <laughs> if Khalil Mack had, you know, the game he had last night, but he doesn't have a guy blocking him, uh, I don't know. Or, or at that point, you know, he's a rusher, but their defense, they're playing somebody where that they take away that advantage from him being a pass rusher. And he has to cover people. Yeah, you know, it could do that too. It's, it's just you don't know how it's going to complement each other and and what teams do with it. Like you know, like you said, it's, there could be some teams like the Patriots that literally like, no, we're going to leave our tackle in and just beat you power football. You know, because you're too worried about yeah. You know, and you you could see hybrid guys that are, you know, the Gronk types that are always in and can be that sixth. You know that six. The, it would. Put, I think it would put more emphasis on getting guys that you would slim down a tackle that's like semi-athletic and make him into like this hybrid tight end. Not necessarily like fast, like even like Travis Kelsey or somebody like that, but like but just a hybrid guy that can run a curl or a quick out or whatever after he chips the DN or whoever. And especially at the college level, could you imagine? Like, in our offense, like, Iowa State, we're obviously Iowa State fans, and watch Chase Allen, chip quick, boom, go out. Or even, like, a Dylan Soner, who's 6'7", six, who's seven, huge. Six, yeah. seven, 285. I mean, but, I mean he, he could probably catch. should be a tackle. Yeah. You know, if, oh, especially at the college level, absolutely. Yeah, like, in most offenses, he'd probably be switched over to a tackle. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, if you have the personnel to do it, it would definitely. It'd be, it'd but, I mean, imagine that. this at the high school level. It would be unfair if you had fast kids, because as long as you get the ball out, game like, over. Like when they moved Nate Inman to <laughs> tight end in high school for a while before yeah. he hurt his knee. Yeah, like Nate would have exploited that. He was like the fourth fastest guy in our team. Team, yeah, he was tackle. pretty fast for how big he was. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it, it just it'd be fascinating because I think at every level of football, it would affect it differently. Yep. Because in high school, you don't have the same athletes on every position. So if you have a bunch of good skill guys, you could crush teams. Yep. College, it gets closer. And then the NFL would be fascinating to see the, the, the back and forth, the schemes. Like, cause it, some of them would still run regular football. Some would have this hybrid tight end tackle, like we were just talking about. And some would just go six wide and say, Hey, stop us yep. or put a running back. Still have five wide, but have a running back back there. Yep. They can do a swing pass or run it like a sweep or whatever. Yep. So and you know it's it's amazing to me like going to the few NFL games I have. You probably don't notice it on TV as much, but literally just watching the sideline on the NFL, how many packages they have just with certain guys in there. You know, like oh yeah, for sure. Know, like they'll call out a package and they'll run out four new receivers that are just part of this package that they've worked on the whole week. They, I mean, and they have where, specific personnel groupings. I mean, yeah. 
I know you probably didn't watch the game last night, but the Bears do that because that's kind of like the Andy Reid system. You have personnel groupings yep. that are specific for specific plays. Yep. And, and, I mean, you, that's why you have, like, a third down back. Yep. He's not uh, good in between the tackles runner. He can run it, but he's more of a swing pass, pass receiver out of the backfield. So, so you know, but that's, that's what I'm amazed by is just the personnel grouping, and that's what would happen if you did switch over to that sixth receiver would be a lot more personnel groupings, you know, running on and off the field, which I, I, like, I do like to see like that. You know, it's not always the same five. Yeah. You know, same receivers out there all the time. The NFL is always running through different personnel groupings that worked out. Through yeah, the definitely. You know, how they can exploit things and blockers. It, I just I just think it would change it, like, schematically, like, on both sides of the ball. You would see so many, like, there's be so many different formations you could do. And then defensively, I mean, it would change blitzing. It would change... I mean, it would change everything. You'd have the scheme so much different because they might <laughs> they might be in a regular package, or they might have two tackles that are eligible, you know, or whatever, you know. But it's just uh, it's a fascinating you know concept. Yeah. Obviously, it's never going to happen, but maybe, never maybe, never say never. Maybe you can write to that new was it United Football League or whatever the uh, one that uh, Alliance of American oh, Football. There you go, and. They're bringing the XFL back, baby. Yep. Maybe you can write a letter to them. Explain I'll, I'll hit up my boy Vince. You know, uh, he uh, he knows my love for wrestling, so uh, I'll hit him up for the XFL for 2020. Is there still rumor out there that the the Alliance and XFL, XFL might have, like, a championship game against each other? Yeah, they're, they're talking about them merging, but, like... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting. But the Alliance of American Football, I hate saying that name. We'll just call it the AAF. It actually starts in February. And they haven't even announced what the team names are. They've announced the cities, the coaches. They even have players that are actually signing these teams. But they haven't just but they, team to be it's Team San Antonio or Team Memphis or whoever. Yeah, a big uh, reveal party at that point? Well, it's supposed, allegedly, because you know I love my minor league uh, garbage. Supposedly, it, uh, this is supposed to be announced on the 25th of this month, so next week. Interesting. Big, big news. Big news. <laughs> well, that's good. Hopefully, hopefully you can watch a lot of your Alliance football. League. Hey, it's going to be on the CBS Sports Network. And the first game's on the actual regular CBS. Really? You can watch it over the antenna. Great. Great. How excited are you? Yep. Weekend after the Super Bowl, watching uh, minor league football with Trent Richardson. He got signed by the Alabama team. He actually made a team, huh? Birmingham. Wow. Team Birmingham. They don't have a they don't have a mascot yet. You wait. You know way too much about this right now. Yeah, I do. It's it's a it's a problem. Um. <laughs> Just quickly, speaking of that, do you think that this garbage football league is going to have like normal mascots, or is it going to be like arena football where it's like the sea dragons and garbage like that? It'll be more towards the second one. You yeah, yeah, I like it. You're going to see like the Alabama elephants because of the tide or something, <laughs> maybe. Like uh, Omaha had in that uh, experimental football league, they had uh, the, they were the Omaha mammoths. 
Where does that even come from? <laughs> I don't know, but I thought it was I thought it was awesome. So, all right. Well, that was just a quick discussion on uh, that Twitter question that uh, my big bro sent to me. So, um, I think this would be kind of fun to do in the future. So, if any of you want to have Kit and I discuss um, a question you might have, whether it be sports or pop culture, or you just want us to argue, uh, you know, about something stupid because. You know, he already got me once today. Um, send it to our Twitter handle, um, which is... Go ahead, Mike. It is uh, welcome, W-E-L-C-O-M-B, and then it's dog, D-A... Not, not M-B, M-E. M-E, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. And then dog, D-A-W-G, and then pound without the vowels, so P-N-D. Yep. Hit welcome, dog. there. Uh, follow us, you know, tell us what your top five uh, or one of your favorite reality shows is. Maybe we missed one. Yeah. Give us a shout out. Consider it. So, and I, I will be sending out, um, a Facebook page that has our stuff on it. I'll be using that page to post our stuff as well, along with our Twitter handle. Um, we do have an email as well, which will be on the Facebook page. If you do want to email us and if anybody wants to join us, Anytime, just let us know and we can uh, get that scheduled. So we'll see if we can work you in. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what we have coming up, but uh, we'll find fun. We'll find some, you know, fun to do. So, um, so that's that's it for today. And Mike, you got anything else? I'm good. All right, we'll watch some Braves baseball push the postseason. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't got to watch postseason baseball in a long time. So. All right, well, we enjoyed today, and as always, we'll be back on Welcome to the Dog Pound. After the party, it's yeah. the Waffle House. Uh -huh. If you ever been here, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Uh -huh. Where people don't dance, all they do is yeah. this. Uh -huh. And after the this original, you know what it is. Welcome to the remix. It had to go down. I got something else to tell you about the new Motown. Oh, Where people don't visit, they move out here. And ain't no telling who you might see up in Lenox Square. I don't know about you, but I miss the Freak Nick. Cause that's when my city used to be real sick. People from other cities used to drive for miles just to come and get a taste of this ATL. I'm the MV. BP, most ballin' this player Make my own moves, call me the mayor Monday night, you know things change with time Magic City back looking like 89 All my homies on the south side up in the Ritz Tuesday night, the Velvet Room, same shit Wednesday, strokers, I don't go no more Cause they don't know how to treat you when you come through the door Thursday night was pushed, but we moved the fuel And I be up in the booth drunk, acting the fool Friday night, at Kaya, they still got love And the Shark Bar be popping like it's a nightclub Saturday they still off the easy for she's it. You can find me up in one tweezy Sunday. Getting me some sleep, please. I'm on my way to the deck to hit jazz and tease. Holla. Hey, yo, I'm from New York, man. Representing NYC to the fullest.